You know what time it is. It is that time. It is FRPC Hoops Friday. I am here with Nico Miotello, the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and for this podcast, the Canadian Zach Lowe. Nico, what the hell is up, bro? Uh, not much, man. Uh, we had a little bit of a false start here before the episode, Pull it, pulling back the curtain. We we thought we were recording, not not quite recording. So the first time I led into this James Harden great game pretty naturally, but this time it got a little clunky. Um, James Harden had the best game of his playoff career, and... Uh, I had so much fun just sitting in my house watching it, yelling out loud. Unfortunately, though, it was followed by a not-so-good game two and a, a report from Doc Rivers that it seems like James Harden has went to Las Vegas. Uh, well, not at this time. He went before the series started. So whatever happened, it seemed to work for him in game one. Game two, maybe not so much. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really not sure what to say about it overall. But it's a, it, it's a fun talking point at the very least. Okay. <laughs> I know you have to stay on the James Harden apology train because you need him. I live there. Because you want him on your squad. I don't. I don't I don't live in that world. So this has always been the problem with James. This is it. This is what we're talking about. These are the things that uh, I wonder if he's committed to winning. Now, when Rodman did it in like the 90s, it was colorful. It was like, oh, well, that's just Dennis being Dennis. But the one thing that you can count on with Rodman is that he was going to bring it every single game. 12 points in the second one. And you knew that you had a... uh at least a limited Embiid. So the effort needed to be, I'm not saying get 50 burger in the second game, but 26, something like that, kind of help your team out, might be something that uh, would be useful at this present time, but it was not to be. So, Nico, this series is is... Kind of a microcosm microcosm of the NBA at this point. Mm -hmm. You got the Celtics who shoot a ton of threes, and once they get you with that driving kick and they get you into the mixer, they're hard to beat. Yeah, it's over. And then the domination of even having Embiid at a limited situation, it looked different in the paint for the Celtics. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder what this is going to look like. I believe that Boston is the better team. I think they should win the series. But what do you think about the MVP playing game three 
in front of the Philly fans did Boston blow an opportunity in game one to put this team away. Boston absolutely blew an opportunity there. As soon as game one happened, I, in my head, felt very secure in what was my pick before the series for Philadelphia to win. Um, Harden, had, like I mentioned before, had his best career game, and it seemed like they were moving into a position where they'd get Joel back and hopefully have him uh play well maybe even dominate it didn't didn't quite work out that way and I think I it's sacrilegious to say this about the MVP but he clearly wasn't a hundred percent so I would have liked to see less of him in that game and maybe a little more Paul Reed who definitely showed he could hang in the first game um, I also kind of want to see a little more of Jalen McDaniels in this series. They don't really have a lot of guys who can guard the Jays credibly outside of P.J. Tucker. So him playing less than 20 minutes a game I don't think is a good thing. I think there's options for Philadelphia going forward from here. And we just need Embiid to get healthy. He He really wasn't himself in that game, and I know Harden going to of 14 doesn't help him at all but he we, he needs to really have that presence and that gravity for to open up the floor for everyone else and it really wasn't there in that first game plus boston hit every single shot like you're not gonna beat boston when grant williams who hasn't been playing at all comes out and is playing like that I do, however, think Grant Williams was a great adjustment for Missoula to have against Embiid, and I hope we see more of him in this series. Speaking of adjustments, what's the adjustment for Phoenix? (laughs) Because we have an issue. Yeah. Uh, It's something we haven't seen a lot of trades happen like this in the NBA where a top five, whatever, player uh, goes from one team to another in the middle of the year and it be successful. So with nothing like this except for maybe Harden, you have to go way back for it to mean anything else. Um, They just don't have enough answers for Denver. I mean, that yeah. it's just they don't have enough talent. You know, excuse the Durant and Booker of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have really different opinions on Aiton, and we can get into that. Uh, Chris Paul is now hurt. And the role players, unfortunately, when you do this on the fly, you just don't have enough yeah. to really do what you want to do conceptually-wise against Denver. Because Denver... They've been playing together for what? Three, four years now, a team, mostly. I mean, Murray was hurt, Porter was hurt, but mm-hmm. now Aaron, you know, Aaron Gordon's been there a while. Uh, obviously, KCP came along this year. Bruce Brown came along this year, but the core of that team has been together for a while. Yeah. So they know their moves, they know um, what they're trying to get done. It's really a 
when we lose, we didn't execute our offense. Mm-hmm. You know, is what happens. It's not you did it to us normally. Yeah. So, what is does Phoenix have a play here? Is there another card that they can play? And uh, if not, what's going to happen the off season? Because I heard an interview with Ishbia the other day, mm-hmm. and that guy doesn't sound like a patient dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> <clears throat> I think they'll they'll want to definitely make moves this off season if it doesn't work. And while we, I am definitely higher on DeAndre Ayton than you are. Um, my consternation still very strongly exists with his fit on this team. The problem with this team and this series is Phoenix is built off the mid range, just like they were last year. Um, they use that to an incredibly efficient rate, and against Nikola Jokic. Going for mid-rangers every time is literally what he prays for. This is the perfect matchup for him defensively because no one's going at him at the rim and they're not doing the whole kick-out three-point corner thing that he can't go out and cover. So he, if you want to take a mid-ranger, he's big enough and fast enough that he can make it over to contest that. So... It's kind of a bad matchup for Phoenix on on that level. I think with this team, before whole scale changes happen, I think just a scheme adjustment now that you've added Kevin Durant going into the offseason would be <clears throat> enough to considerably improve this squad. I think... Maybe moving on from CP3 is is possible in the cards. But at this point, CP3 is towards the end of his career, so I don't really see that as a full-scale change to the team overall. Um, I love Chris, and if uh, we don't end up getting Harden, I'd love to get him back in Houston as well to help coach up the young guys. But... I, I kind of think his time at this level might be a little bit up. I'd love to see him get a ring, but it doesn't look like it's happening with this squad. I I just think it's a bad matchup. I, I didn't see it coming into the series, but now after watching two games, it's pretty apparent. Their only play. Like, their, their only thing they can do is... Put KD at center and put the wings out there and shoot. They don't have the wings anymore. (laughs) What wings they do have? They have the TJ Warren to the world, the Ish Wainwrights. They have the Shamans of the world. They have the uh, Pains of the world. They're going to have to have like a... Not if you put those guys out on the floor. I understand that, but that's the only... That's 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 it. That's the only other play I can think of because all of all the other stuff doesn't. You gotta have somebody who can attack the basket, and that's the problem. They do not have. If Chris Paul was Russell Westbrook, this would be a different story. And I cannot yeah. believe I'm even saying that. I cannot believe 
in yeah. this day, the year Man. floor 2023, I'm saying that if they had Westbrook, <laughs> this would be different. Oh, you, uh, you have a point there, to be honest. I... Ooh. These are thoughts that I've been percolating on that for like a week. Feelings, if I'm honest, to hear, but I think you're right. I had not considered that at all. Damn, but a player like Ross would definitely be helping Phoenix a lot more if they threw their hat in the ring for him in uh, the buyout market. We we might be singing a different story. I don't think uh, obviously Russ wins them this series necessarily but he at least gives them a different look that they do not have right now and KD knows how to play as a three-point shooter Booker as an off-ball three-point shooter is not something I love but that's a more solvable that being the worst thing on your floor is a lot better than what they have going on right now I watched these two games and it's been depressing because I didn't think at any point in time Phoenix was remotely close to this team. Remotely. So changes are afoot in Phoenix, most definitely. Now, creatively, they're going to have to figure some things out because either A, you keep CP3, KD, and Book together, or you keep DeAndre Ayton, Book, and KD together. But one, one has to go. One has to go. Mm-hmm. And obviously, value-wise, you probably get more for DeAndre Ayton than you do for Chris Paul at this point, I would yeah. think, right? Um, are, did we overthink it? I mean, did you have Denver in the in the finals? Did you have no, him? No. Who do you I, have? I had Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Um, have we just completely disrespected Denver at this point. Because I've put... Because here's the thing, and I'll tell you this right now. We haven't talked about them. We will get to them. Um, But before we get to them, we have to get to the Houston Rockets and everybody drink because Nico is bursting at the scene because he has takes on his new coach and all, all kind of other stuff. But before we get there, I will tell you, I do like what we have as far as the Lakers are concerned against... Denver, because we go to the hole. We yeah. go to the hole, and you shoot three. So, I'm I'm not worried, honestly. In a sense, I, I that's disrespectful. I would say that I would I I respect Denver. I think that Denver is a really good team. I think Denver could beat the Lakers. I do think that they are a worthy number one uh, seed in the West. But if you said matchup-wise, I like that matchup. I do. I like that matchup for you guys way better than I like the Phoenix matchup for you guys. Um, And 
Honestly, uh, I kind of like the Denver matchup for Golden State, too, if the series goes the other way. I know Golden State doesn't really have guys who go to the basket besides Steph, but I I think their shooting and the way they move around the floor will also open up a lot against this Denver defense. I... Yes, I feel like I have been disrespecting Denver. Honestly, <clears throat> coming into this year, I thought they were a team that was going to kind of take a drop off with everyone coming back and kind of like a conflation of egos, plus us not really knowing what MPJ, Jamal Murray were coming back from injury. But they've blown me away and proven me completely wrong. They've been a great team this year. And I didn't give them enough credit going into the playoffs. But I still think they do have very evident flaws that can be exploited. Through two rounds, they have not ran into a team that really does anything to exploit their flaws, which doesn't sound intuitive given that they're playing against Kevin Durant and Devin Booker right now, two excellent players. But it's just the way they play. I... For... Denver to really impress me, I think they'd need to win the Western Conference at this point. Like, we've seen them get to the Western Conference Finals before. Uh, When they first put together this team before the Jamal Murray injury that year, I was thinking about picking them to make it to the Finals. I fell fell a little bit off that bandwagon, but I think I'm going to need to see them beat a team like the Lakers or the Warriors, who actually have tangible ways to attack them before I give them all their flowers. I'll tell you what, either way, whether it's the Lakers or the Warriors, both of these teams need to take these two games in Los Angeles very seriously because you do not want a seven-game series and then go face Denver in some altitude. So you want to try to get rid of your acquisition as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I don't know how it doesn't go six or seven. Yeah. At this point, I agree. I, I do not I might be worried see the it. Denver Phoenix series might go four or five. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I look at – sorry – Sorry, Phoenix. Sorry, Suns fans. I I want to see it. I want to. I think Durant is still a big pickup. I think that those two pieces are your building blocks, but I just think you don't have the, the requisite pieces around it at this point to make a real legit run. And now... Um, it looks like you're going to have to do a little addition by subtraction because you need bodies and you have two contracts that could get you multiple bodies and you're going to have to revisit that in the off season and see what you want to do. Because I think you don't have the type of center that you really need. No offense to DeAndre Ayton. He there needs to be a a more zeal for rim protection and um slamming the ball down somebody's throat and not taking these Patrick Ewing fifteen foot uh 
jump shots at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what is he? What is it like 30, 30 plus on the cap? Somewhere yeah. in there? Yeah, something like that. Okay. You can turn that into two good pieces. You, yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah. So, I, I think that's an option for them. I, Look at the Lakers for God's sake. Just look. Don't get too cute with this. Yeah. You got Booker and you got KD. Two of, as far as scoring is concerned, two of the best going right now. Get defensive minded shooting around them at the five, three, and one spots. Yeah. Or off the bench, yeah. however you want to do it. That's Two fair. bench guys, whatever. Let's not let's not make this overly complicated and reinvent the wheel. If the only more of the hesitation I have with that is not so much trading Aiden, despite how much I like Aiden. I think Aiden's a poor fit. It's more that I think finding a somewhat legitimate five who fits better, be it Miles Turner or someone like that, I think might be a better fit for them. Like a true defensive anchor who can maybe space out as well seems to be something that would help that team a lot. And then I'd be willing to maybe put some lower salary guys who can shoot around them. Lopez, Milwaukee, um, yeah, you know, uh, there's that'd be great, great, you know, depending on your shooting, you know, I don't know, I, I mean, I don't know what his uh availability is. I think he's under contract, Nick Claxon, guys like that, yeah, um, PJ Washington would be a great at this point, <laughs> like, he shoot the ball. Play some D. Um, I don't think it's one of these big deals. I, I honestly, I think what I think there's a a formula out there that is ascertainable for Phoenix to get. You know. Yeah. So it's just hard because I know they put all their eggs into this basket, mm-hmm. but. What went out was too much, unfortunately. If they would have done this without either Bridges or Cam Johnson, this would have been better. Do that though. Well, chance that Brooklyn takes it at that point, I think. Then I tell you what, I'm keeping my pick this year. One of the two. Some something something would have gave. I, I think you need to give everything. Well, here's the thing. I think if you make this deal at the end of the year, you don't make this deal midseason. You make this deal at the end of the year. At the end of the year, it might be more expensive. I don't know. It might be more bidders. I I think it's more likely to be more expensive, especially with the KD wasn't going anywhere else. I'm just letting you know. Mm -hmm. So, just keep that in mind. I don't know if that's true. I think Um, their organization could have talked KD into going there. I think, like, at the time, Phoenix was the destination he was laser-focused on. 
But I think if you gave him more time to go into the offseason and another organization were to make some moves, I think there are teams that could have opened up the door for KD. Memphis would not have been one of them. No, I don't think so. Toronto would not have been one of them. Uh, New York, been. New York would not have been one of them. Just so you know, I don't think New York would have been one of them. Toronto, I'm less sure of. No, I can be real sure that it would have, it would not have been Toronto. I'm right. telling you that the guy himself, it was going to be Phoenix. It was going to be a couple other yeah, teams, no, but it I definitely know. wasn't. It I definitely he what he was saying at the time. he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have signed off on any Toronto deal. Nope. I think I I I don't agree there. Uh okay. We can agree to disagree. I just the guy himself is pretty much said so. So with all of that, are we we're we're basically saying that Denver this is over in like five. Easy, right? Yeah. I I don't Easy might be hard, and obviously with KD and Devin Booker on the other side, they can always get hot and win a couple games. But uh, I would say that's the most likely outcome at this point, yeah. They would have to win the next two. Yeah. And that's hard for me to see right now. It's also like never overreact to the home team going up 2-0. Like, Zach Lowe even referenced that again recently. I... I subscribe to that mostly. So maybe it'll be different in Phoenix, not playing at that altitude. Maybe. But I just looking at the way they're playing on the floor, I don't see very many solves to the problems they're having. Exactly. I just, that's the whole key. It's like you don't have enough answers for all the questions that are out there. So um, let's take a shot at this Miami New York Knicks uh, series. Uh, Jimmy Butler is not from this world. That's a, that's a proven fact. It's it's just science at this point. I just need people to understand that. Oh, yeah. Man. Julius Randle actually made more of a difference than I thought. I did not realize that was going to be the difference, but... Uh, Nico, I do have a question for you. Even with the miraculous healing of Julius Randle, and he played well, mm-hmm. they did not beat Miami by very much. Nope. So my question to you is, A, how do you see the series going? And then B, after that, I have another question, and I'll, I'll save it until you tell me what you think is going to happen in this series. Okay, well... I think I'm leaning towards Miami still winning. Um, like, like I think most of us are. Uh, I, I don't really see them going down to this team. That being said, I expect Julius Randle to continue to play at this level. At this point, he's kind of molded himself into a playoff player. Uh, I, I really respect the game he's put together. And... This Knicks team can take games off anyone. They're terrifying in this sort of circumstance. Tibbs, say what you want about him. His his style generally wears out pretty fast, but it hasn't worn out with this Knicks team. And he's 
turned players on their team who haven't been good defenders into good defenders. So they're just hard to play at every position at this point. And they have uh, a very functional offense with multiple creators on the floor at the same time. Beating a team like that just isn't simple. So I, this is probably the series I could see the most going to six or seven at this point. Mm. I actually do have the Knicks winning this series. Even with Super Jimmy doing Super Jimmy things. Because I wonder about the rest of the group. If Gabe Vincent going to give me what he's given me against uh, who the hell they play? Milwaukee? I don't know, man. He's been pretty damn consistent, too. That guy is a free agent this offseason, and he's playing like he knows it. There is there is something that I'm seeing in this series, and I want to talk to you about it. This is the second question that I have. What's the piece for New York? Because clearly this team should be stomping Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I say that because, not because Miami is terrible. They're not. Jimmy's awesome. Spo is great. That organization just playing really well. They 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 play they just play hard nosed basketball. But if that team, the Knicks, had just trying to think of just not even a significant, just not like a crazy upgrade. You give that team OG Ananobi. Yeah. Like, you give that team, like, Chris Middleton. Like, healthy Chris Middleton. Mm -hmm. The the whole team, I'm not saying, like, you're taking parts away. I'm saying you add one more piece to that team. Like, you add a guy who is, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, my God. I mean, OKC, please close your ear ear, earmuffs right now. If Jalen Williams was on, Santa Clara's Jalen Williams was on, New York right now, with yeah. what they have, with what they have. Yeah, they got that. that you know great. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not like they're far away. So my thing is, they need a star. It's apparent, right? It's apparent they need a guy. They need. Yeah. Brunson can't be a number one option. No. And Julius Randle can't be a number one option. I, I, I don't don't you say it. Don't don't of, you say it with your filthy mouth right now. You're no, about to say it, aren't you? No, they're kind of like getting it done with both being like one B options at this point. I and I I kind of think they're a team that maybe maybe it's another star, but if you just replaced a guy with like RJ Barrett with a guy like I don't know uh this that pro- probably not the perfect guy but like a CJ McCollum type hypothetically if you could find someone like that who's a little better defensively no no I, no. I got a better idea you take you same team same team okay 
and you you reconstruct the baby Lakers in in Gotham. You oh, take B.I. Man, that's a big, big move, though. Yeah, I know. But he is the type of guy, honestly, like, and he plays defense. I think he would be on fire in New York City. You bring Brandon Ingram to New York City with what they have and a really good point guard that would put him in really good, advantageous spots on the floor. The way they could attack the floor, I think would be would be real nice. Real nice. Now, the ultimate type of guy would be like a Mikael Bridges. That would just be like a Chico unlock. Hmm. Like having Julius, yeah. Mikael, Brunson, you know, maybe Barrett's yeah. still there. Maybe he's not, but it's Grimes, Hart. Hartenstein, Mitchell yeah, Robinson. They have, they Mitchell Robinson is a is a stud. By the way, I, lo- I love him. Yeah, I love yeah, he's been great. He's been great. They got a lot of picks. So yeah, a bunch of picks. Bridges, Bridges might not be out of reach. Bunch of picks. Bridges for Barrett and a huge pick package is an interesting trade. I haven't really thought. About. Can I throw another one at you? This is reckless trade speculation. Can I get Lamelo Ball out of Charlotte? No, no. Why not? He is because free Lamelo. No, he's yes. not getting free. He's staying he can't play game. any defense. He doesn't belong in New York City. I understand that, but man, he, the the value. Listen, the entertainment value of that squad would jump up yeah. so much. It would be. It would be the most fun in the world. But It'd be great. I, and then you could have Jalen Brunson stabilize him. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? But they can't. They like part of their problem that I I'm sort of. Like, He's the wing. He's the wing. Think about that. He's the wing. Yeah. He's the three. Instead of R.J. Barrett, it's him. And then yeah, you got Jalen. You got Hart. And you got Grimes. You know no, what I'm saying? It. it would be it would be beautiful. I and they I, can restart with whoever they get in this draft. So far out of out of reality, though. I think. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like this might take a little bit away from the Mikhail Bridges fit. I'd like if they could get someone who could get to the rim a little bit too. They they could use a little more of that. Like Bronson can do it. Randall can do it. Okay. But if they could get another guy who could kind of shoot and get to the rim, that might be the most valuable thing. And I, to be honest, the defense isn't even that high on my priority. I have the guy. I have the guy. Jeremy Grant goes to Gotham. Yeah, that would that would be a solid one. Jeremy Grant, R.J. Barrett goes to Portland. Maybe they don't. I don't even think they have to give up all their picks to get Jeremy Grant. Oh, yeah. Like what? Two? Maybe one? Yeah, one yeah. and some seconds. <laughs> I, yeah, RJ was once that prized asset, so it's it's kind of a hard tightrope to walk. I just think he needs yeah. more mellow area. 
I yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I think do. he needs to go out into Portland and like get weird with yeah. some of the some of the locals, and then I think he would be a better player too. Unlock <sighs> unlock his mind. Yeah, yeah. There's a chance he's got he's got some ability, but it's not not all that you'd want. I I want to give a little more credit to this Knicks team that's actually got to the playoffs. So I feel a little bad just talking about the trade options that they have. Um, they've put together an incredible squad and a lot of it uh, to my, to criticize myself has been built around guys that I d- didn't necessarily love. Like, Quentin Grimes was someone I was really low on, and he has continued to show up. Um, Mitchell Robinson coming into this season, I was a detractor. I didn't understand the contract extension they gave him, but that came to fruition. So I just really want to give solid credit to this Knicks team for everything that they've been able to do this season because really they do deserve to be to be held up a little more. I, I, a lot of people, myself included, had this Knicks team projected to miss the playoffs. So the fact that they've done all this this season I think is incredibly impressive. So they deserve more, a little more of their flowers than just us only trying to talk to trade options. The only reason I say this is that um, I'm looking at I'm looking at a, a Cleveland team who got knocked out. I saw a Denver team who was ready to go, and then Jamal Murray get hurt. Um, Giannis hasn't won a final since he did. Um, Boston looks incredible but can look terrible all at the same time. And I don't think the Knicks are too far away. I wasn't. So if it sounded like I was detracting from the Knicks, it wasn't. So I, I'm sorry, New no, York, because no, I wasn't no, trying to do that. That's not what I meant. That's not but I, I think they're, I, that's why I think they're a piece away. I think they could really be something. Because uh, Brunson is, we think of him at, at a certain level, and he might be the other guy in the league that the playoffs start, and he's a different cat too. Yeah, there's not a lot of them that go significantly better than their regular season numbers, and Jamal he's Murray. he's yeah, he's another. Though it's it's very few, mm-hmm. very few. Sixteen game players. So it's always fun when we get a new one. So. Yeah, and Brunson has shown over the last two seasons that he is that guy, and we will not be the dead horse. We will not talk about Dallas and what they lost with him. But Mm -hmm. what I will say for New York and what they gained with him is this is the best point guard they have had since, like, Ross Strickland. This is the best point guard since, like, Mark Jackson and them. This is is it. This is... Mm This is a real New York City, grimy point guard, moves, orchestrates, and the heartbeat of the squad. 
You know, like this is what New York wanted. This is their type of guy. You know, how the hell he get into the paint when he's thick and that window was very skinny. He found a way. Everyone, everyone wants to get a player that's so good that their former owner is going to blame their dad for them signing with a different team like Cuban did with Rick Brunson. He, he's a guy who, like, I think we always knew Jalen Brunson was a good player throughout his career. He continued to co- come on the floor and show it. But just the continuous steps up in play is something none of us could have really projected. And this Dallas team made a huge mistake letting him go. Nico, I'm about to do something very professional right now. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to give you thoughts. And in the thought will be a segue. Mm. All right, so pay attention. Professional at work here. Okay. So New York, Brunson goes there. We killed New York's front office. Others killed New York front office. Oh, you didn't get Donovan Mitchell. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Why you weren't? You're not in the mix for this. Nobody wants to come to New York. Who's going to be the person that comes to New York? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? But whether they took advantage of a uh, familial relationship or not, they got they got Brunson. Uh, they did a pretty good deal of getting Julius Randle for basically dimes, pennies on the dollar. The trade I thought was awful at the time. Uh, right. Then they draft R.J. Barrett. They get Grimes. And then they steal Josh Hart from mm-hmm. Portland. New York's front office is doing a very good job. And I think this is where we always talk about, I understand in the moment we're so critical of things, but let's try to get give it time. Let it breathe. Because it might not always make sense right at the first initial spark of whatever things are going off in our head. But they have done it. Now, whether it was lucky or not, whether it was advantageous or not, mm-hmm. they did do it. Yeah. Which leads me to Polinka. Because this dude deserves credit. Mm. That team was an absolute dumpster fire. It looked old. West, I don't know what Westbrook took. I don't know if he took the pill in um, the movie that Brad Cooper was in and it just made him limitless and he just became like this awesome point guard again. I don't know what he did, but the guy that I saw in with the Clippers and the guys that I saw with the Lakers, completely different guy. One. Two, that team was Mm ill-fitted. Completely not anywhere near the diagram that you build around LeBron and AD. And in one two-week period, 
before the trade deadline, the Lakers get Rui Hachimura. Yeah. Malik Beasley, who's not playing for him, but did give them shots and some sort of respectability um, when he was playing and contributing. They refound Troy Brown Jr. and dusted him off. Austin Reeves got unlocked. D'Angelo Russell has been a good player for them. I don't I understand about his issues and his deficiencies everywhere else, and it has shown up in Los Angeles, but he has been a very good player for them. And then you get to the Jarrett Vanderbilt of it all. Mm-hmm. And he's been the critical piece to what they have got going on. So I want to give credit to Palinka for doing the right thing, holding off, because they do the Miles Turner Buddy Hill trade for the two first round picks at the first part of the year. And let me tell you something, that was on the table. That wasn't just internet speculation. Yeah, that yeah. was literally on the table. That's not as good a team as this one. I don't think so either. So I give him a lot of credit. He still has bullets to play. Like if you want to upgrade the D'Angelo Russell piece, if you want to upgrade the Malik Beasley piece, or you want to upgrade or enhance the Jared Vanderbilt piece by giving him something else to help him where if he's on the floor, it's not as hurtful. Mm-hmm. You still have two first round picks, the one this year and 2027. Yeah. You still got them. You got those thirds for Thomas Bryant. The thirds? The seconds? The seconds. Yeah, NFL draft picked in. Got you. Yeah. (laughs) So I just wanted to give him credit. And then the other thing that I wanted to drop on you at this point of the show is this. It is now time for Anthony Davis, that is is now his team. The Lakers go, Anthony Davis goes, LeBron is now the number two. He's the number two option. Yeah, He will be the number two option next year. Mm-hmm. You will not be the number one option anymore. The team no, goes as Davis goes. He is the one who's trying to make that happen. But I actually think he's playing into it now. I think because of the injury, I think he sees it. I think it's the first time he actually seen it. I think theoretically he said that, right? Like, oh, it's AD's team. It will be more successful with AD being like the hub. But I actually think he really sees it now. And I think he thinks, I think LeBron believes that he can manage his injury, manage his energy and I think he believes that he can get I think he had he thinks he has a chance at the finals. I think LeBron honestly believes he has a chance at this year's finals. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? I I think he does have a chance at this point. Like it's LeBron and he's in the playoffs. So like we we know how this ends in the finals. So like I would <laughs> I I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't pick it to happen necessarily, but at this point I could definitely see it. 
I think whoever it is is coming out of that series, honestly. And I kind of hope it's not the Warriors on a personal level. Like, I, I've i seen the Warriors do it a lot of times, and the Warriors kicked my ass enough times that I'm kind of done with them winning championships. So, yeah. I, if it can't be us to stop them, it might as well be LeBron again. This is from my boy, Young Key. I just want to let you know, I see you, son. And the Lakers are coming. We're going to win this series in six. <laughs> We're going to win this series in six. So, okay, I'll let him I'm out. just throwing down that gauntlet now, as far as that's concerned. Um, I honestly believe that this is the first time I've really been happy with the Laker team in a couple years. You know that. Me too. Yeah. Um, I threw up in my mouth a ton of times with Westbrook being on this team. But mm-hmm. I think they enjoy playing together. I think the irrational confidence of one D'Angelo Russell might rear its head again before this series is done. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, LeBron James needs to have a a conversation, and, and and I want you to come with me on this. I think LeBron needs to invite Austin Reeves to the compound oh, and have some tequila, right? Yeah. Right? He, he's going to need to if he wants him to stay in town. Yeah, well, no. Hear me out. I think he needs to... In not just in trust, but I think he needs to push Austin and say, you know, this team would be a lot better if you took like 14 shots a game. Yeah. I th- and I think Austin's starting to realize that. Yeah, I, he needs I, to I be a... To that realization. It's, it's a slow process, and it's probably not going to all come to fruition in this playoffs. And it's hard because you also got D'Angelo Russell. Where do you fit in with him? Are you the real three? Is he the real three? But, Austin, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you, Mr. Reeves, before you walk out of L.A., D'Angelo Russell will walk out of L.A. You, You are the guy we are going to keep, bro. Trust and believe that. Trust and believe in LeBron James that LeBron James wants Austin Reeves to stay a Laker. I believe that. And this is not a Russell Westbrook cancer or or whatever. Whatever. Let's not call it cancer. Let's say complete um, ill fit for that Laker squad, and it caused a lot of discontent because I think um, Westbrook has a lot of pride in his play, and he didn't feel like he was being – utilized in a correct way and Lakers wanted him to play a certain way and he refused to do it. So however you want to look at, look at that in whatever philosophical terms you want to look at it as that's what that was. But mm-hmm. with Reeves, LeBron likes him, trusts him and thinks that he's an integral part of the team. I've never seen LeBron just go to the side and just be like, go ahead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have nothing to do with this. This is your show. For him to trust him like that, like that, that's different. 
Because even with Kyrie, he kind of like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, I like to see the ball. Come on. Yeah. Bring it back. If Austin Reeves sticks around, and I, I'm – What you will. I'm honestly getting more and more worried that – Stop yourself. Stop saying yeah. filthy lies, bro. Filthy, stinky <laughs> lies. This is filthy. This is like politician lies. Could be on the table, though. I I don't know with Austin Reeves. We got that. I uh, we got that. Because <laughs> that means D'Angelo Russell didn't get traded for pieces, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I hope I I hope it all it all sticks together because where I was going with this is, I think Austin Reeves, honestly, the way. Players, and I'll be honest about it, white players like this connect to fan bases. There's a chance Austin Reeves kind of recaptures Lynn Sanity magic going forward. Just the type of player he is and the type of support he gets in a big city like LA. There's a chance he becomes one of the most marketable players in the whole sport. So I think it's going to be tantamount for LA to keep him. I think it's going to be very important. I'm I'd just be worried that <clears throat> a team out there comes knocking with that 4 for 100 offer that makes it hard to match. No, no, we we'll, we will go ahead and match that and we will go ahead and look at uh D'Angelo Russell and be like, "So man, it's been really great playing with you. We got some lovely parting gifts for you, bro, but you got to go." Because we have just turned Joe's salary into uh, three, three pieces, uh-huh. two, three pieces, yeah, or a piece and a pick. You could start acquiring picks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like so, you know, I think there'll be a market for Beasley out there. You know, a gunner, uh, somebody who can get hot. You He's know, agent, though, right? Yeah, but I think signing trades we're. The, I, the asset keeping not getting much back in the sign and trade though. Well, the the guy, the two pieces that I want to make sure I get something back for if they whether they stay or not. Um, I believe that Ruri is going to stay, but I think D'Angelo Russell, depending on what Austin makes, might be the piece that goes. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have pieces with Bamba, where he'll do the player option in and now if let's say Russell signs for I don't know what do you think Russell I I have a hard time with him I (sighs) what do you think he's gonna get and what do you what do you think he deserves ah that's that's a hard one I I think he's a three for ninety. Three for ninety-six. Oh man, and I, (laughs) I think it's less than that. I think three for eighty is is rich, but I think it might be around there. What I think he deserves probably closer to like three for fifty-five. Hmm. The only reason I go three for ninety six is just because of the fact that 
I'm looking at it just front offices, looking at the salary capping explosion and the TV revenue and all that. And I don't think people are going to be playing around with like, like, oh, 27 to 32 mil. All right, whatever. We'll, we'll do that. Yeah. If like we're literally getting the the piece in the building. Mm-hmm. It's five mil. We're going to do that. We're going to make that happen. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just price of doing business type of situation. And plus also with the floor being what it is, and we don't know when any of this is going to kick off with the CBA. Like uh, they're next, next season. I'm pretty sure. Is, is it? Cause uh, I haven't heard anything it's about the, it doesn't come into effect next season, but I think it comes into effect the season after That's Yeah. How, how it, worked like uh when i say sorry next off season i think okay to effect yeah so at least for another year you have some certainty um Mm -hmm. d'angelo russell being a laker being in this playoff run uh there are teams out there who will who will need uh a competent floor leader slash energizer bunny slash Cerebral offensive player, if you can get them in the right mindset. So it's just one of those deals where you sit there and you you see. You see at the time of what it happens, but at all costs, we keep Austin Reeves no matter what. That is it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, let's see, we got, we talked about all the series, right? You, yeah. hey, here's the deal. What's the deal? Houston, what's going on? <laughs> well, you have a new coach. We do have a new coach. We do have a new coach. We are sitting in a kind of exciting position, I'd say, right now. Um, You're going to be different next year. We're going to be fully different next fully year. Fully different. That I've seen I, names like Jalen Green thrown out there. I've seen a lot of stuff, bro. Yeah, that that report was I thought that was completely crazy that people were running with it because it said that they've talked about the possibility of trading Jalen Green for a superstar. Well, no shit. I'd be mad at them if they didn't talk about that. I don't think there's a world where they're going to get what they value Jalen Green as for Jalen Green. What's Houston's definition of a superstar, though? That's my question. I I think it's high. I think it's high. Stone came from the Maury system. He knows that kind of player evaluation, and I would assume he views it in a similar way where Maury was looking at guys like Dwight or James Harden himself, uh, Jimmy Butler, were guys who he targeted, and Chris Paul, obviously, and saw as superstars. I think that's like the range we're looking at. Like We're probably talking about the same guys who we talked about who could, at the very least, be the best player on a championship team. I think that's the only type of player Jalen Green gets traded for. I, I... I think that's like far, far away from the range of possibilities, though. Um, I, I think we're probably only gonna end up seeing like seven or eight 
guys returned from the roster last year. I don't know necessarily who they are, but I that might even be a high number for honestly how much turnover I expect on this roster. Um, Ime is a guy who commands a lot of respect around the league, and there's there's so much more about the Ime thing that I want to go into and break down. Maybe maybe we'll set that aside aside for another episode because mm-hmm. there are there are things that I I want to boil down and drill into with this Ime situation. He. Who he is as a coach is something I greatly respect. And the way he coaches is something I greatly respect. All the other stuff off the floor is a huge question mark to me that I personally wasn't really willing to get into. I I didn't have Ime particularly high on the list of coaches I wanted to bring in. And part of it had to do with this system that being said since the hires happened my my mind has changed a little bit Lear, just learning more about who Ime is more so than anything on the other side the other side though is something that's really important it's something i want to dive into a lot because i think the the lack of professionalism and the power dynamics there are very very important topics that like while they do get it addressed, I'm worried are going to get somewhat brushed aside in this whole process. I think they already have in Houston. Oh yeah, definitely in the building. They there's no way they would have made that hire without doing very extensive research. I'm talking more about the media coverage. Well, and around Houston, I think the media coverage of it so far has been very. If you're if we're talking about the incident, obviously. And we're not getting way into the weeds on it because there's a whole conversation to have about it. But I haven't seen a lot of Houston media bring up that. Like, not a ton of it. So I think they're kind of allowing it to die down, too. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, that we... We did we just erase that from our memory bank that just never happened. And he's a great coach and he's a disciplinarian. He's going to get Jalen Green to be selective and pass to Jabari Smith. And Shingun is going to be the offensive hub and everything's going to be glorious because we're going to bring in a bunch of free agents and we're going to win 50 plus games next year. That yeah, is what they're saying. Seen the fifty plus game. That is where they their heads are. I have not seen fifty plus games anywhere. I'm just trying to tell you that's where their heads are. I I'm I'm pretty into Houston media. They got a lot. I'm just saying that they have a they have a lot of lofty goals in the off season. Definitely, and we'll see if they can get them done. Speaking of lofty goals, this brings up the draft. This brings up, we are a couple weeks away, not even, from the draft lottery. Nico, what's your your board looking like, bro? Like, give me something that people aren't talking about in this top 10 that I need to sink my teeth into because my board is weird right now. Yeah, my board's weird right now, too. Something in the top 10 for someone. Uh, 
I'll go higher. I'll go into the top three. Um, I this is one of your guys, so I this is from Buzz. I've been hearing throughout the, the ones we're throwing up our ones right now. This is almost like Roman Reigns, like acknowledge me, acknowledge me. <laughs> this is one of your guys. This is something I'll say. I think Cam Whitmore has a legitimate chance to be the third player drafted. Big shit. Bitch, bro, Cam Whitmore. Oh man, that he's someone who I honestly have waxed and waned on. I was very high on him early in the year. Then I started to fall back a little bit. Then I started to come out, come up, and then the tournament disappointed me a little bit. But I went back in and I've watched a little more film, and I've started to hear this buzz too. There's a whole lot to his game, and. The fact that he defensively can get into you and do his job and then offensively can provide a lot. Like he can handle the ball and he can finish at the rim. He can almost play like a two through four offensively, which is kind of weird in the way he can do it because he's a guy who has the ball in his hands a lot. And that's not super common for players who you say play two through four. Normally those guys are the switchable off ball wings. So having someone like him who can present in that way, I think is a huge team building piece and a guy who can just help your team in countless ways. Cam Whitmore has shades. I'm going to say it like that. Shades. Because I don't like throwing around comps and whatever. But he is reminiscent to me. To two players. Okay. He has some shade Gilgis Alexander in him. And he has some Big Dog Robinson in him. Oh, man. That's an intense. I said shades. I didn't say, oh, he reminds me well, no, no, exactly no, of these like guys. That. I didn't mean like that. I meant just like saying that's a very like strong play style comp. That that's I I watched him in juniors. Mm-hmm. I watched all of it, all of it, and. I came away going, I wonder if his role was wrong. <laughs> and then he was hurt at Villanova. And then he started to play, and I was like, I wonder if his role is wrong. Yeah. So, <clears throat> he's one of those guys that I don't think the GMs will take him at three because I just think you'd lose your job. Because if Scoot or or if Miller hit, and it takes a couple years for Whitmore, he splutters. Not saying that it still won't come to fruition. You might not have a job. But I love the kid. I love the makeup. And I don't know if he... They all can fail. Every last one of them. We just... We just went through an NFL draft and we talked a little bit about it, but I don't know. I just look at a player and go, he can play defense and he can get to the rack. I can teach him how to shoot. Yeah. 
and I don't mind like the form and how he gets into his shot overall. I I don't necessarily see those comps as much. The guy, and I'm not talking about the version who we've seen in the playoffs, but the guy who he keeps reminding me of is Jimmy. I see a lot of Jimmy in this game and the way he handles the ball, the way he forces his way to the rim. And Jimmy is also one of those rare guys who can play the two through four with the ball in his hands and be kind of a non-shooter. It's a hard like situation to kind of fit yourself into, but I think he's that type of player. And I'm I'm a little more uncertain about whether or not he could actually go third because He's got the physicality and the body type that should translate early. So I think, like, in a similar way to a guy like Jalen Duran, you're going to see the flashes at the very least, and you're going to see good play early in his career. So I'd be a little less worried about losing my job drafting a guy like Cam Whitmore than hypothetically some of these other guys in the conversation. I... I might even think a guy like Eamon or Osar Thompson gets you a little more in trouble because they're more of a projection trying to figure out how to actively play the game. And Eamon's a guy who's mocked in that range constantly. So I think Whitmore is a little more of a bridge between the safe and the upside pick. I, I think he is actually a legitimate threat to go over a guy like Brandon Miller. Scoot, I'm less convinced of. I still think the top two is pretty cemented. I know uh, other people are moving off that uh, because of Brandon Miller's uh, ability as a scorer. But I, I think specifically with most of the teams in the lottery, uh, just looking through them, I think the majority of them are going to take Scoot second. Detroit might not. There's a couple others who might not take Scoot second. But I think most of them would. So in my mind, I, I still have the first two picks kind of locked in. And it's not number three that's more of a question mark for me. All right. Can I like Ken Whitmore. So... I- I think the Amen and Osora Thompson, uh, that threshold, yes. I don't know if I can get there with the Brandon Miller threshold, but I like Cam more than Brandon Miller, if that makes sense. Like, I like Cam Whitmore better as a prospect, personally, Mm -hmm. than I like Brandon Miller but I would still have Brendan Miller third on my board. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And I quite often have things like that ha- occur on my board La- last year. For me, that the thing that bothered me the most was the fact that Walker Kessler ended up falling down so far on my board because I mentally thought the league would be lower on him and then they weren't. So I, I could... I, I definitely understand what you're saying there. And scores like Brandon Miller uh, at arguably all three levels, I still personally have a little bit of a question about the finishing. However, he got so much better throughout the season and to the point where he was a plus finisher by the end of the year. My questions with the finishing have more to do with 
him actually getting to the rim consistently in the league without a creator setting him up. That it could happen. I've just never bought into the handle. So I I understand the your feelings about a guy like Brandon Miller and this play style that is so lauded league-wide. Like a wing like that who can put the ball in the bucket the way he can is a very hard guy to pass on. But I think there are, there is upside in some of these other guys that could talk certain organizations who might value that ball handling and that like physical size and athleticism. And when I say physical size, I mean like uh, weight and girth and actually like strength more so than just a uh, height, which Brandon has over both of them. I, I think there's leg- a legitimate shot at teams would like a, guys like Cam or uh, Eamon more than Brandon in the draft. Uh, we'll see because, like I said, May 16th is the day that it pops up. Um, the guy that I am kind of moving, kind of looking, kind of figuring out where he's going to be is Jarris Walker. Because I'm looking at the tape. Man, and I'm still that. trying to figure it out. Still trying to figure out where he's going to be. You you want to talk about my board versus uh, consensus board? That's my number three player. So I I definitely understand what you're saying. That it's just so hard for a guy with that much talent on the offensive and defensive side to fail. And I understand that he's not a scorer in the same way that these other dudes are, but. God That's the problem. Everything else. That's the problem. Yeah. So yeah. that is yeah. the issue with him. So I'm having a hard time placing him. Because early I had him five. Mm-hmm. Now he's getting pushed back. Yeah. Further. Not just because of offense, just like I need more well-rounded I want more as, as much as I could I can't fill the bucket completely with rookies right because rookies don't come completely together mm-hmm. but I want to fill the bucket up as much as I possibly can and that's why I like Cam Whitmore you see what I'm saying like that's why I like Cam Whitmore because I think all the stuff he does and I don't think he was fully healthy. I don't think we've seen the athleticism. I don't think we've seen it yet. No, no. We I don't think you, we scratched the surface with that. Yeah. And I think he's going to surprise some people in the summer league, and somebody's going to get absolutely Yo. obliterated yeah, I can't wait on the that. poster. He's going to be... Him and the Thompson twins are yeah. going to be the greatest summer league players we've seen in a while. Absolutely. It's going to be so much fun. It is going to be absolutely electric when those dudes get off on the wing and like there's a tip ball like by the three-point line and they just take off running. Yeah. <laughs> and they get off in the open court. 
It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be re- you, you talk about windmills in games. <laughs> that yeah. That. Just letting you know it's gonna be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right, Nico. I think we've done enough. If there's um anything of note that we should tell the people about what might be going on, what is going on. I know there's a life pod at some point when yeah. things get, I don't know, right? But yeah. we're back at least doing Monday and Friday, so that was good, right? Yeah, that's that's progress. De- that's definitely nice. We're we're moving in the right direction. Um, I I've started working a little bit on a big project that we've talked about. I'm I'm excited about it. I'll just leave that out there as a little bit of a tease. We're not not too sure when it's coming but i i i think we're gonna have a pretty big video series coming up in a while here um is it gonna break the financial markets or like are we about to do our own GameStop with in the discord not quite not quite i think no No. i think uh we're we're gonna it'll be a little bit more of a holistic series we'll have to we'll have to sit and see I don't wanna. I don't wanna give too much away. No, 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 no. I was just thinking like AMC stock and then, <laughs> you know, some yeah, blockbuster I video. I knew, I knew what way you were going. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not on the. We don't have to insider trade this video. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, think, all right, good. I there. think it's uh, it's something that uh, the fans will like, hopefully, and it, it's something that. I'm going to be working really hard on, but, uh, I, I'd like to probably do more of a deep dive on email next Friday. We so, should be able to do that. Yeah. So we've got that. Coming we might want to tease a little bit on TikTok this week. Maybe tell the folks where to find the Arctic talks oh. and, 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 and maybe put a little like sweetener out there to to kind of wet their whistle of what actually might be going on next Friday with Mister okay. Emi Adoka. Okay, I think uh, maybe we we can get that going. Maybe it will we'll have a grand TikTok reveal on the Monday show for sure, for sure. And that also means you can follow us on the other socials. Okay, Twitter, Front Runner PC, real easy. At Nico FRPC. Get it on your socials. By the way, thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to everybody who supports us. Now, we need you to advance the cause. We need you to talk to said friends. We need you to get on to said Twitter. And you need to pump up FRPC and get this groundswell situation up nationally, internationally. I see you, Costa Rica. I see you, Germany. I see you. Francis love, dog. Francis just love, love, love. So we are looking to our Canadian brethren. We are looking to our European brethren. We are looking to our East Coast biased brethren to get us up and running. So then we go to sponsors and be like, hey, listen, you see this? This is awesome. This is a community. They come in all the time, super loyal. And you need to start smashing the five-star ratings on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you receive this pod. And with that being said, we signing off for the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, 
the Canadian Bill Simmons and the Canadian Zach Lowe for this podcast, Nico Miatello. Tell the people, send them all into the weekend on a happy note. No, I just, uh, I'm excited we're back up and going and I'm excited that we're able to get all of our thoughts onto you. Hopefully I can get some more time to pump up some more great content for all of you. And I appreciate every listener, watcher, everyone who lets me know that they've listened to the pod. It, it warms my heart. So thank you guys very much. I, uh, I'm just excited going forward. So I will talk to you on Monday. We love y'all. On a personal note, uh, my mother is still out of the hospital, which is great. Um, I'm happy guy off that. And we will see you on Monday.